This, this is season nine, nine episode, episode seven, seven of, of the, the Whales, Whales Are Whales, Whales Pod. Pod. Cast. Cast. We're in Cast. members. Shoot. Wait, we yes. don't have a more of it? <laughs> Where members, all. friends, and family gather on once a week to talk about things. What do you That's mean? That's very outdated. We don't do that anymore. I haven't hosted in like five That's years. <laughs> in Cameron time, <laughs> you're right on the money. Yeah, and we don't also do once a week anymore. And also there's no... Wait, no, there's still family and friends. Okay, never mind. So that still works. Well, Brian and I had a falling out. So. No, you're not even family anymore. Well, one of those two things is on is on uh, rocky grounds. Hello, everybody. Family. Welcome to <laughs> welcome to our show, the Cameron and Stephen Show. Um, I don't know if we've ever done this, but we're doing it today. Do, what done a show just between us? Yeah, that's. I think we've done that this year. Like, really, it feels so unfamiliar. Really? Yeah, we did. Um, maybe it wasn't this year. I I know we've had duo podcasts before. We, we must have. Like, you're crazy to think that we didn't do that. It's usually me who forgets about the show and doesn't show up. That's true. That's true. Maybe it was this time last year or something. But I, hmm. I specifically maybe. remember us because we always ta- ended up talking about our health. Um, oh, yeah. That does seem like something we would do. Well, someone should go check the Whales for Whales wiki that doesn't exist and get back to us. Oh, man. We're not popular enough to have a wiki. That makes me we sad. We should make our own. That'd be fun. Uh, you know... I don't actually think that's a terrible idea. I think it would yeah, be like kind of we fun. Could, we could add in, you know, members would be a category. Yeah. Characters would be another one. Yeah. Um, we could have segments or bits. Uh, mm-hmm. We could have every single episode have its own page, and it would, like, oh, say no. what we did on it and, like, which characters were in the episode. Oh, why did I? Now this is going to be, like, my summer project. <laughs> you know, that's kind of almost our website and our band camp mixed together. Like, kind of. Because it, 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 the Bandcamp has all of the bits and all of the segments and all of the every and the episode intros and then the. But doesn't it like sound really satisfying to like click on the Petey the Post Box page and like see every episode he was in and have a description and a picture? <laughs> a picture? I mean, I have a picture of what Petey the Postman looks like in my head. Um, really? I do. Yeah. Interesting. He looks like a. What it- um. He looks like a a post office box with um, a singular unicycle wheel um, oh, okay. That's good. that rolls around on the single unicycle wheel. And then he has arms that are um, like dryer ducks, like the silver dryer uh, ducks uh, that okay, flip and yeah. flop around. Um, now, because one thing we do know about him is he, he wants you to put the mail into his hand. <laughs> so that oh, makes sense. Like those weird dryer ducks yeah, probably have put holes in them. In the hole, in, yeah. Mm-hmm, in the hole. Yeah, well, I mean, good. that's all. I don't know why I've imagined him as moving, but yeah, yeah. surely no, he the does. U- the unicycle wheel is, I don't know if we've ever like discussed that, but it's just so, surely so not. right. Like, oh, you like it? Nice. Okay. Yes. No, that's perfect. Just with him creaking around. <laughs> Hello. Maybe that's the creaking that, um, maybe it's the creaking that made me think of wheel actually. Now that I think about yeah, it. Instead of, because so. it, it doesn't sound like a mailbox opening. It sounds like a wheel going. Yeah. <laughs> constantly adjusting to sort of uh adapt to his momentum which is <laughs> yeah. honky tonk donkey with his head on what's heads on wonky yeah mm-hmm. yeah um so uh i don't have any plans for this episode we don't have ben here to to have a plan we don't have brian here to be a host what true. do you want to talk about what oh, man there are lots of things we could talk about okay uh, i found a website where you can randomly generate video games so 
Like from scratch um, or just like titles? No, 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 no. It'll just like randomly pull a video game and you oh. can like do three at a time. Um, okay. And random video game generator. Brian and I were having a fun game where we would generate three different titles and then the game was which of these would make the best uh but it's a roguelike <laughs> and that oh, was God. that was a good way to kill some time so wait are these these are ai generated names no 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 this is just a good old-fashioned randomizer that has a bunch of video game titles in it and then it you pull it up like i just did it and i got dmc devil may cry star wars Tar tie fighter and life is strange oh life is strange but it's a roguelike, <laughs> <laughs> it's a roguelike. <laughs> and so then we had to pitch the mall and figure out which one is the best that is hilariously similar in a weird way to what me and brian me and brian also did emphasis really? on me and brian yeah um we were playing hots and we were getting smushed because we haven't played it in two years um, and so we were like, dang it, what do we do to ha make our own fun? And I said, well, why don't we, why don't we 1v1? That sounds like fun, right? And it wasn't. It was horrible. Mm -hmm. um, and then I said, I can't remember if it was him or me, but one of us had the idea of, okay, what's, what's, let's do random heroes versus a random hero. And so mm -hmm. we found a website <laughs> that pulls random, two, two random heroes together, and we would, we would 1v1 random heroes uh, instead of you know like um, okay instead of the same hero um and that was a now, lot of fun i'm a little i'm a little confused here as the outsider when you're 1v1ing each other mm -hmm. in a moba what does that what does that mean are you like <laughs> are you literally playing as one character or playing as the whole team no you can't like, play as the whole team that would be crazy um no what we did was we went into because hots has a sandbox mode where you can mm -hmm. adjust a bunch of stuff so we just loaded up that we set our levels to the max level. We completed our quests. We chose all of our talents. We met in the middle of the map and we fought. Um, just, oh. just that, just fought one v one. No other enemies on the field. No objectives happening. Just who could kill each other first in a one v one. And then what we would do is a two out of three. And then the last one, which was really fun, we did was a clearly overpowered hero versus someone who was clearly going to lose every time. But we started to. This is such a Brian thing to do. We started to really analyze the kit of the losing character and try to figure out how mm -hmm. it could possibly beat this overpowered character. And Brian was playing the weaker character. And he eventually got to the point where he like got me down to like 1% health. So it became this really fun minigame of like, how do we, huh. how do we, how do, it's almost like a boss battle. It turned into, I was the boss for a boss battle and Brian had to figure out how to beat the boss of this quarter. This, this, kind, this kind of reminds me when you like, duel in world of warcraft but it's a like a priest versus a rogue so it's like well the priest isn't even meant for the, the priest is going to die <laughs> but then it's like well what if i get the perfect rotation yes where i'm invincible for three seconds and then i stun you and then i'm invincible for five seconds and then i heal myself and then i hit you with my mace mm -hmm. and can i make this work yeah and That's honestly we, we compared it to wow because i was just standing in a bush and i would see him and get aggroed and go smack him and then when he would die when i would kill him i would return to the spot i was at and recover all my health and he would come back and try again over and over again until he finally would beat me or you know or give up um wow yeah it was really fun so uh yeah Quite apparently thrilling. we like randomizing things so what is our what is our randomizing thing Stephen? what are we going to randomize and talk about well i mean we could do a take these three games and then choose but there are something something mm -hmm. another thing that might be less interesting but i'm oddly interested to try anyway is to randomize three games and see how quickly like trading off we can 
just summarize what the game is and what the reception was and what its legacy is oh. just because i think it'd be interesting to see how how deep our video game knowledge is i actually agree with this i think that sounds like fun yeah okay so you're gonna uh, use the same game randomizing website yeah let's see here how does this i'm gonna see like what data it's pulling from. and you also um, you can't i think if you see all three games you will Get an advantage because you'll you'll kind of have already in your mind what you're what you're. I agree. I can just generate one at a time. Okay, um, that'll work. Yeah. This is by the way called randomoutputs.com. Oh. I could also just randomize objects <laughs> and see how much we know about objects. Ob- like <laughs> like. Rock. Well, let me do one real quick. I got, um, candy wrapper, paper, and credit card. <laughs> okay, that's. <laughs> That, so that seems stupid. We can we can do that next time. But <laughs> okay. all right, we'll just we'll trade off. How about we just trade off and see how fast we can do this? Okay. Yeah, I'm down. This is uh, really fun. I'll let you go first. Okay. Tell me all about Watch Dogs Two. Watch Dogs Two was a sequel to a game that was middling at best. Uh, it kind of was just a Ubisoft open world game. So Watch Dogs Two came in and tried to be like, uh, we're also hip and cool, but we're still just literally a Ubisoft open world mm, game. Yeah. And yep. it wasn't that fun. Yeah, the important thing was they are trying to be hip and cool this time. <laughs> that, yeah, the hip, hip and cool was Watch Dogs 2. Well, trying to be hip and cool was Watch Dogs 2, yes. Mm-hmm. It was definitely sort of, maybe not the start, but somewhere around the start of, look at this, I have a robot face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what? You're right. That happened Which a lot. Which I think might have been the subtitle of the game. Okay, my turn. Mm-hmm. Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. Uh-oh. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I have... N- Oh, man, no, I've got to try. I know about video games. Okay, Mortal Kombat is the critically acclaimed series of fighting games by Ed Boon. Yes. Um, That was the first one. The third one was probably still in arcades. Here, I I have the wiki up. I have the wiki up here. Oh, good. It was Um, probably still in arcades and introduced new characters (laughs) and was less popular because... For for fans because of reasons. <laughs> That's just the best I can do, man. It it was mostly well received and has been considered a high point for Mortal Kombat. It introduced really? two oh. two on two mode. It was on arcade, but it was also on the Saturn. And had babalities. Did it? I don't know. I'm stretching. Babe. Here. No, it did not. Sorry. No, nothing. No Shoot. babality. Uh and it was on um actually like every console ever made, so Okay. Oh well, I'm gonna I think give you like a D on that one. That was yeah. We should yeah. We should give each other letter rankings. That's a good idea. Okay. Oh sure. Um, I give yours like a B. It wasn't super in depth. A is the highest, right? Oh well. Okay. Well, let's let's hold on. Let's let's like some ground rules here, like groundwork. Because mm-hmm. okay. I could I could have I was going for succinct rather than like right. What detailed. is our goal here? Right. Are we wanting like one sentence? Are we wanting? The most. Well, we in- definitely don't want to. We don't want to ramble on forever just right. monologuing about video games. Right. That's what we used to do on our old podcast. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yes. at the same time, part of what makes this interesting is like how well do you know this game in the context of video game history? And what makes it important? So maybe we should make that the goal, where it's like, what is notable about this game in like a few sentences, like the beginning of a Wikipedia article or something. Okay, okay, so we'll just play the ratings by, like, feeling, essentially, of, like, yeah, how, this... did you go on too long, was it too short? Is this entertaining? This is fun, but is this entertaining at all? <laughs> I don't really care. Um... <laughs> cool. All right, give me one. And also, all right. would you link me this website? Because I kind of feel like it would be more fun if I gave you your game. Yeah, it would be more fun. Okay. Um... 
random video game generator quantity one send it in another channel there we go oh in the whales okay wait where where it go yeah it just posted it just uh, posted okay. in the in the core channel okay so okay go ahead and give me one tekken 3 oh god <laughs> these fighting games man dude right um Tekken 3 was not the one I played. I played 4. Um, it probably was on PS2 and Xbox? No. No, it wouldn't have been. No, it would have been. I don't know, man. That's that's an F. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just looked up. It was on PlayStation 1. Yeah, because I, so. I was thinking, like, because I believe Tekken 4 was the first one on PS2 because it was, like, super, like, oh, my God, look at the graphics. Yeah, Tekken Tag Tournament was big on PS2. Mm -hmm. So this is an interesting question about this game. What if we know about the series, but not this, this specific entry? Do we waste our time saying, like, what Tekken is? Or hmm. do we... Um, I mean, I don't even know much about Tekken either in this particular instance. Maybe, but... maybe we can do that to sort of, like, bluff a little bit. But if there are no specifics about the game title, then we're not going to get a good rating. Maybe... I agree yours was, was an F. And maybe also we get, like, one pass... Oh uh, sure, yeah, I like that. Okay, we'll we'll pretend you said pass on that because that was horrible. <laughs> so, yeah, just in like... case it's a game that's so obscure. But then if it's if it is a game, if the second go around is something that you still don't know, you mm -hmm. have to just bullshit it all the way through. I believe that uh, they're not just going to give us any game like it. Let's see, what is the I'm trying to figure out where they're pulling their data from? Oh, well, read, read, read. That's boring. I think it's like pulling from some sort of top 1,000 games or something, but okay. whatever. We'll see. Gotcha. That's going to be your pass. I'm going to give you another one, which is, cue you up for this one. Cameron, tell me about Final Fantasy VII. Oh, dude, Final Fantasy VII. It was the first installment that was both 3D and on the new Sony PlayStation 1 console. Uh, it took place in a futuristic city where all of the city's power was coming from crystals. Um but there was Original. a there was a terrorist group, right? There was a terrorist group who was trying to destroy. Wow, this is exactly the plot of Final Fantasy sixteen, except you're the terrorist. Okay, <laughs> holy crap! Except you're the terrorist this time. Um, there's a terrorist group trying to kill the crystals, and it's your job to stop them. But you, turns out, are actually an ex-terrorist who has been brainwashed and wants to now save the crystals. Okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, I'm going to give you like a, like maybe a a B on that one because you're right on the ball. Your information was entirely accurate, but I, next time I want to see more context of like its place <laughs> in gaming uh, culture. Okay. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Heard that. <laughs> sure. All right. Your turn. Uh, System shock two. Oh, okay. I, okay. I think I can do this. So system shock one was notable for being um, the, uh, uh, what's that genre called? The immersive sim genre. It was mm. a huge entry in the immersive sim, sim genre. And the sequel, I believe, was the fan favorite uh, between the two. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know what it did differently, but everybody seems to think it was very good. <laughs> and I feel like there might have been a different creator on it than the first one but I'm not sure. Okay. And that's my summary. 
Yeah, probably gonna go ahead and give you like a D plus for that. I think a D not even C. Yeah, you're right. I just you didn't I, name I, I a single thing loud. about the game. Like, I, it's true. <laughs> I don't know what it's about. <laughs> I clearly it's fine, but yeah, I would give you a D plus. Okay, I'll take that. But I didn't want to pass on it because I did know about That's it. That's so. fair. Uh, okay. okay, like a C minus maybe there. Yeah, at least I remembered what immersive sim was. That's true. That's true. You did. Okay, Dead Island. Dead Island is a pretty generic open world zombie hack and slash game with a tiny bit of parkour um involved but it's that's not really the highlight of the game but the reason everyone knows what dead island is is because of the trailer that came out beforehand that was mm -hmm. super super emotional i mean everyone cry and everyone's like oh my god it's gonna be the most amazing story in that game video game ever and it came out and it had no story and it was like that was the most weirdest trailer of all time but it sold a lot because of the trailer so that's its mm, that's cultural right. importance, essentially. I think I think it also had cultural importance because of the uh, the the um, I think it was the pre-order bonuses that they it was sent like out. a torso, right? A, a <laughs> severed <laughs> just torso. a torso of a human. It was just it was like, a, whim, a woman too, which is like oh great, so just yeah, zombie was, boobs essentially. Great. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty bad. So I think that was great though. You did a great job. Thank I'm gonna you. give you like uh i'm gonna give you an a that's exactly what i think is culturally important about dead island you yeah know? nobody you, remembers you, the game you didn't just list what was in the game you're also told me about you know like the trailer and stuff mm. that was a good history lesson okay thank you thank you a give you an a cool um <laughs> we sports resort oh we sports resort was the uh follow-up to we sports and i believe that was the one that debuted the we motion plus right like that mm, was mm -hmm. the the whole selling point of it where you can have advanced control over your motion controls i think that was also the game that introduced woohoo island which is like this fantastical fantasy world that nintendo cooked up to go play sports at so you can bring all your me characters and have fun and uh it didn't take off like the first Wii sports it wasn't like the cultural impact of every grandma's playing it i don't think i don't think retirement homes uh have any esports going on uh <laughs> why not sports resort but it was apparently really fun but i didn't play it okay i would say that was really good yeah i think the uh the importance in that one was specifically the motion plus um mm -hmm. yeah you yeah. were incorrect about woohoo island i googled it um Really? It's it first ex existed in We Fit. Um, but oh. I'm not going to take that off of you too much. So I, I'd give you a B plus for that. That was good. That's good. Yeah, it would be an A if I was right about <laughs> Sure. <laughs> yep. You know what? Sure. <laughs> okay. I'll take that. Um, okay. Here's a fun one for you, Cameron. Super Smash Bros. for Nintendo 3DS. Okay. So this was what I consider in Nintendo's uh, dark era. They were... It was... <laughs> <laughs> wii u time the wii u was weird uh and so instead of giving these okay well they had to be a new smash brothers game right so instead of releasing like a name to smash brothers game they literally called the two smash bros game smash bros for wii u and smash bros for 3ds <laughs> yes they did from my memory it does not really have any interesting gameplay elements that were aren't weren't already in brawl and the 3DS version specifically was was almost feature parody. I think it was missing like a like a campaign mode, um, and of course it had worse graphics. But I, you could play between them in some way. I think. I think. But mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think overall, most Smash fans not not even dislike these games. Like Brawl is divisive. The ones for Wii U and 3DS, nobody even remembers them. They're just they don't exist. They're not there. Yeah, it's just like the Wii U. How it's like this weird transitory console with games that only exist to link the better games before and after mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. in many ways um but um i don't think you could play 
between them i don't think you could interact mm, okay one one notable difference is they had different maps so like the wii u version had different stages that the 3ds version didn't have oh um, okay well that seems horrible <laughs> it was as a super smash bros fan it was very frustrating because there was no point of playing the handheld version because it was just kind of worse so um, what um this i just i'm actually curious now because you you're a smash bros fan and i'm just kind of a passing fan mm-hmm. what was the difference between it and brawl <laughs> okay heard that <laughs> i i liked it more because they they cleaned up some of the weird mechanics people got really mad about the random tripping and mm-hmm. brawl you probably heard about that. oh yes um it felt at least to my mind a little closer to melee okay. um yeah. it was less floaty it, the character design i think was much better they actually introduced more complicated and interesting characters like rosalina okay um it was a better game than brawl in my mind but it was just oh. less memorable that's fair. Okay. I didn't actually know that, so that's good to know. See, in the 3DS version, it did a visual trick since the screen is so small. They put these big, chunky cartoon outlines on all the characters. Oh, I remember that. Uh, yeah. So you could see them. I didn't love it, but... I, I bought that yeah. one, actually. that was That's the only Smash Brothers I I had bought in my life, uh, the wow. 3DS version, up until um, Ultimate. So, But I think I would give <clears throat> your summary like a... A C plus, because okay. I think you fit it very well into the pantheon of video games, but some of the information was a bit iffy. <clears throat> you didn't have very many details. That that's totally fair. Yep, totally, mm-hmm. I totally think that's fair. Um, Age of Empires, the first one. Oh boy. Um, okay. The really sad thing is I've been watching documentaries about Age of Empires two. <laughs> so. Okay, take that and minus fifty percent. <laughs> um. So. I mean, Age of Empires is the is basically the prototypical RTS. Mm-hmm. It takes place in in historical time frames. I think it's a bit Civ like in the way that you can like play different civilizations from different times. And is it, it is or is it just one? I actually don't know. Now that I think it, about it, I mean, all my information about this game is like it's a rts game that people hold up very highly mm-hmm. um what can i say about age of empires <laughs> uh you know what I, I i'm gonna back up i'm gonna pass on this all i can say is the words age of empires over and over again <laughs> okay i was gonna say it sounds good uh new game oh god i i, I would be surprised if you remember this okay r type dimensions Okay, so it's a, a shmup. Yes. A, which is a shoot em up for those uh-huh. who don't know. Uh-huh. You fly around a spaceship and you shoot other spaceships uh-huh. and dimensions. Okay, yeah. Here, you know what? I'm going to give you a B if you can tell me what console dimensions came out of. I feel like dimensions was like xbox 360 sort of like here's our new take on our type you nailed it it was an xbox yes! arcade game it was one of yes! the arcade games yeah that's the best i could do but at least it's accurate you na- everything you said was exactly correct so i'm gonna give you a b on that that was great <laughs> okay yeah who would have thought i would i i saw because he shows me the box art and I, and I was like i recognize that box art because it was one of the five arcade games that existed when the 360 mm-hmm. came out you know it was one of those first game so. so this is why i thought this exercise would be interesting because mm-hmm. maybe we're struggling to give cohesive useful information about all these games but the fact that just 
I know what R-type dimensions is. <laughs> it really <laughs> tells you where my head was in the 2000s. Totally, yeah. I, I don't think I would have gotten it if I hadn't have saw, seen the box art. I think that was what oh, I remembered the, the box yeah, art. Yeah, the trigger yeah. of that. Yep. All right, let's do a couple more. Um, yes. Yours is, oh, okay, this is a good one. Yeah. Need for Speed, The Run. <sighs> the Run, the Need for Speed, The Run came out right around the console generation Switch. I believe the idea behind this game was that it was a singular, long, continuous race that raced across the country, I think? Like a, like a slimmed-down version of the whole country. And that was its gimmick, was that it wasn't just like races. It was like, I mean, there was races too, but I think it was one super long race. Hmm. Um, that's all I know about that game, I think. I, I know the box art. It's got like it's super blue and has a streak going across it, and it's got a I think like a Japanese guy with super spiky hair. Shoot, you just lost all your points. None of that was true. Really? <laughs> Everything until the until the cover art sounded good. Wait, 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 wait. The run has a big helicopter and a big car. Oh and shoot. The, the font looks like it's back to the future. You're right. What am I what, what need for speed am I thinking of? I'm thinking of the reboot, just called Need for Speed. Yep, that's what ah. I'm thinking of. But um, it seems like you're right. Wikipedia is saying that, like, it had these races in real-life locations. So you could, like, go to New York, Chicago, Las Vegas. Okay. Uh, is it just one big race, though? <sighs> uh, I, there's, there is a game that had, like, a race across the whole country. Um, was it, like, The Crew, maybe? Uh, mm. I can't remember. Here, let me look up all the Need for Speeds. Um Actually, no. Well, here, it's saying you take the role of a street racer taking part in a large-scale race from San Francisco to New York. Yeah, it seems like that's what you're okay, thinking. Okay, yeah. Totally got it then. Sweet. But okay, I, yeah, that was that was great. Yeah. Uh, I'd, give it, I'd give it a B. I would have given it, like, an A if you didn't try to describe <laughs> the cover hey, art. Hey, I will say, was... though, look up the cover art for the Need for Speed on PS4. Um, oh. Like, just Google search image Need for Speed PS4, and the first one is exactly what I described. Here, I'll, I'll send yeah. it to you. I said, yeah, okay, that's pretty good. Blue, okay, B plus. Streaking B plus. line, B plus. Japanese guy with spiky hair. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, okay. your turn. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so actually, I have to ask I, the, it shows a box art and then a different name. It's the <laughs> sequel. Which one should I listen to? The actual name or the box art? Uh, probably the name, I would say. Destiny. <laughs> okay yeah destiny 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 i'm gonna be very strict here okay destiny Uh uh-huh the first one is from the acclaimed first person shooter developers bungie Mm. known for halo Mm. this was their foray into a a fully online open shooter where it was taking cues from mmos Mm. and it was very hyped up and one of it was one of those you know on every website top games of the year and when it launched it kind of fell flat because there was a lot of grinding and there wasn't enough content but everyone did seem to agree the shooting felt great and it had potential Mm. so from that point on it went into a huge development cycle all the way into its sequel destiny 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 (laughs) 2 and uh it improved a lot over the years and you could probably grind helium or something and that's true. go to Mars and get um, go to the moon and get bored. I think is what people did a lot. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it still exists today. And I think its place in history is is kind of solidified as paving the way forward for this new model of video game, is what I would say about it. Okay. You won me over with an A with that last sentence because <laughs> I think what Destiny did was make it's the first and and still the best live service game. Um, the first mm-hmm. like good modern what we consider a live service yeah, game. Yeah, live, live service. service that's game. that's the word. That's yeah, the word. yeah. And you're totally right. It started it, and it's still the only one that's like as big or besides like like gotcha games that are super super predatory. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'll give you an A for that. That was good. Cool. Wow. I, and an A from you. That means something. Yeah. Especially um, from Destiny. Yeah. So let's do one more each. One more each. Okay. All right. Your last one, Cameron. Hit me. Is you're gonna ace this one. It's Borderlands Two. Borderlands Two. Okay. So Borderlands, as a series, was created by Gearbox, uh, who made this really kind of funny, like cell shaded humoristic shooter in the age of super brown and horrible mm-hmm. military world war two shooters in like 2008 with borderlands one um borderlands two is literally just borderlands one with everything amped up higher um so it was f- i mean i it's in air quotes it was funnier it was more f- it was mm-hmm. bigger guns it was more explosions it was longer in general more world more open um it did not innovate in any way it just iterated essentially um which was good because the first one was good and so borderlands 2 was also decent funnily enough borderlands 3 was the same formula they just continued to to turn everything up and it became too much so like Mm, i always considered 2 was the sweet spot of borderlands because it kind of they got to the sweet spot and from then on they kind of just went in different directions away from the sweet spot yes yep that all sounds a hundred percent right to me I would also like to say that you can tell they're amping it, up, amping it up in the sequel because in the first cover art, the Borderlands guy was shooting himself in the head once, mm. and in the sequel, he is shooting himself in the head twice. Yes, yes. And what about the third one? What do you do for a third one? Let me actually look that up. I, I'm doing it as well. Uh, nothing. Oh, he's He's got like a halo. Oh. That's, oh, okay. no, there so is... There is actually. Oh wait, he has. He's he finally died. <laughs> I see. <laughs> it is the story oh, yeah, of Borderlands, point. man. <laughs> yeah, there is actually a, a a cover art here, some from somewhere from Steam, maybe with him pointing three fingers at his head. Um, so I guess oh. they'll do that for four as well. It's like a very dark twist on the old Sonic the Hedgehog cover arts. Uh, that's a that's a funny joke for people who know what those look like. <laughs> All right, you're I'm talking to the wrong person. One. Yep, and I'm not. I'm not going to pass. No, what? No matter what it is, I'm going to do my best. Okay, here we go. Ha! <laughs> Dang it! You're getting my games. Final Fantasy VIII. Okay, Final Fantasy VIII is the follow-up to Final Fantasy VII. Mm. <clears throat> am I? Am I getting it so far? You sure are. Let's see what you can it do. It was also on the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Um, it was um. I think in the music world, especially known for its intro theme, which mm. was choir based and sort of like maybe a pseudo follow up to the the stuff that Nobu Uematsu did with um, Sephiroth in the last game, and but this one takes place at a school and you play as Squall, mm. um, and Squall likes to go to a dance and he's the most handsome man at the dance. <laughs> okay, um, and <laughs> uh, I don't really know anything about the story, but I'm pretty sure. 
they're like spears or spears. <laughs> okay. Like the leveling up system was done through this complicated sphere system you're, or quadrahedrants or something. Junction some weird is shape. the word you're looking for. Junction. Yeah, some weird thing. And it was it was a, a controversial entry and usually not anyone's favorite except mm. for Cameron. Mm. Um, and uh, let's see, what else can I give? Um, it greatly improved on the cg cutscenes and true. had motion capture for the dance scene um and the man from machine gun is a good song <laughs> and i think that i guess my 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 conclusion is that it solidified final fantasy is a cinematic storytelling series that oh also was notable because Instead of transitioning into the chibi of low poly versions of characters and battles, it used the the same character models for in combat and out of combat, so it became more realistic mm-hmm, and more mm-hmm. cinematic, and has is probably on lower on the totem pole as far as popular Final Fantasy games. That's the best, which thing. is a crime if you ask me. Um, yeah, I was actually gonna try to make you say something about the graphics because yeah i think that was that that was a big thing about it was everyone saw how realistic the graphics looked in game compared to square fist make doofy arm from <laughs> final fantasy 7 and we're like well it's so realistic um answer me i will give you a b if you can answer one question okay does or does not the story involve crystals and or time travel so this is a question of saying, does it involve both of these things? Does it have does it either, of either of them? Oh, uh, well, I feel, this feels like a some sort of leading question because you would assume there would be crystals in Final Fantasy. Mm. So the question is, was it being bold by not having crystals? Mm. Or is it being Final Fantasy by having crystals? Um, I really feel like it did have to have time travel and I'm going to say it didn't have crystals. So it says it did have time travel and it did not have crystals. Yes. There is time travel in Final Fantasy VIII. Um, okay. It's really wibbly and wobbly. And there's not really crystals in Final Fantasy VIII. Technically, okay, they Okay, I'm ex- taking the B. I'm taking the I'm gonna, B. <laughs> I'm going to give you the B. There are crystal items and things, but the story does not revolve around crystals almost in any way. Um, okay so yeah i'll give you a b yeah pretty good yeah i think that was and by the way i have played 20 minutes of the game i that makes me sad (laughs) yes i i actually i'm sad as well i wish i played none of it no (laughs) i hate you final fantasy 8 gets so much hate and it makes me sad i don't i don't hate final fantasy 8 specifically i just hate final fantasy yeah i know i've been playing 16 um it's oh, I watched the intro sequence of Final Fantasy sixteen. Mm, what do you think? Um, I, I was actually kind of kind of impressive. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I could tell the acting was just different mm-hmm, mm-hmm. than other Final Fantasy games. I did find it hilarious that it was doing sort of like Lord of the Rings style battle st- stabbing army jump cuts with splashes of blood and tides turning while people were running on chocobos <laughs> I, I really you know was playing like the final fantasy crystal theme and mm. a bunch of yellow 
ostriches were charging across <laughs> the plains. It's like the battles in the Badlands have erupted among our people. <laughs> it was pretty cool. There was definitely a debate uh, in the development team of whether or not to use chocobos for that exact reason. Um, <laughs> they were like, you know, they're kind of silly, but I guess they're Final Fantasy. Um, do you feel like? Do you feel like they they pull it off, or you kind of like by the end, kind of taken in? by the story um well i'm only i don't know 15 hours in so you know maybe not even halfway at this point (laughs) um the game so that's the first thing i noticed as well because i played the demo as well uh which by the way you should probably just play just just to say that you have um i think it's good and then you can guess i have played the first 20 minutes of all final fantasy games yeah yeah i might as well play the first 20 minutes wait i don't have a playstation 5 oh shoot never mind never mind um (laughs) but because you totally are right. You picked up on it immediately that the acting is just better. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's it's better. It's well written. Um, it, I mean, it's not Japanese. It's American style acting. Yeah. Um, but the problem is, is that it's only that style of acting and that well acted for the cutscenes that are given that amount of of effort, which right. are not all of them, which are not even half of mm-hmm. them, which are not even like a third of them. Only the super expensive AAA cutscenes get that amount of love and care. And then there's the mid-tier cutscenes uh, of the main storylines, but, you know, it's not like a CG cutscene. And then there's like the low-quality stuff, like the side quests and crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they go back to just being crummy Japanese uh, cutscenes, RPG cutscenes, right, right, um, which is very that must be sad, jarring. Oh, uh, it sucks. Yeah. Um. So essentially, what I'm playing this game for, oh, and then the combat's mediocre at best. So what I'm essentially mm. playing this game for is when the story is super, super cool. It's unbelievably cool. Um, but it's not that cool that often, and that's a really yeah. sad thing. It kind of sounds like you should just watch Game of Thrones if you have the choice between these two things unless you've already watched it then i guess you should play this well um, game, game of thrones doesn't have giant gods fighting each other which is it's that's true really cool it's really cool it's really so cool. I, I do have two two things to say about it mm-hmm. um the first thing is uh it does make me kind of kind of sad to see how this story feels and the the art design and the the tone and the music because I obviously have a lot of problems with Japanese RPGs mm-hmm. but the reason I I want I keep trying them over and over again and <laughs> have been frustrated for years is because I love their music and their settings and their colorful imaginative world so it kind of bums me out to see them aping all of the western fantasy which is so drab and it has its own you know its own worthwhile qualities don't get me wrong i I do love the elder scrolls and 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 whatnot but um it's like that's the one thing that jrpgs had going for them in my mind Mm -hmm. and the draw is not here for this game it's it's very familiar as a as a western audience member yeah final fantasy is one of those really cool game series that can kind of do almost anything and so I have a feeling this will be a one-off type of thing. Yeah, um, that's the thing. Yeah. And even then, do, it doesn't. I guess it doesn't really even matter what it does, considering it, you can't get into many ways because there's still a JRPG underneath them all. You know. Um, uh, yeah, exactly. And exactly. so that's that's you know it. it they don't fix that. Uh, it's a different setting, but it, underneath all the polish and Americanisms, <laughs> Westernisms, it's still mm-hmm. just a JRPG down there. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 specifically. 
Yeah, for sure. And, and like, it's probably it's just a one-off. So it's it's kind of cool that they're trying this. It's weird to see, like I said, chocobos on the battlefield. But yeah, um, yeah. The other thing is, did you notice this? The the very beginning of the game, mm-hmm. you have a colossal fiery warrior plummeting down this pit, and it's in this this epic titan battle with another spirit and their lord the of the rings. fire is lighting up the walls they're smashing against mm-hmm. the walls and sliding down the caverns and finally the camera pulls out and shows this creature dropping in the center of the frame slowly a fireball dropping towards the ground and then it makes impact in this crater and i'm just like hold on uh-huh. <laughs> i think where have i seen this before and then it cuts and it shows the protagonist was thinking about this happening and remembering it sitting in a canyon surrounded by stones by a campfire. And you're like, oh, what an interesting intro to this story. Yeah. And have you ever seen a movie called The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers? Yeah. And do you remember how it opened? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I was a little on the nose. Uh, Yoshi, Yoshida is a huge fan uh, and the the game is actually full of little nods to other media all over the place um he's very much kojima in that sense except kojima funnily enough does it even more on the nose usually when he references stuff um <laughs> yes like he holds up a card that says i like um seth rogan you know things like that um <laughs> but no yeah that was even i noticed that and i was like oh wow okay yep nope that's that's literally gandalf fighting the balrog um uh, so but it is kind of fun seeing like the Final Fantasy devs do a a tribute to Western fantasy, right? Like that's yes. that, that kind of cool. Y- Yoshi P was able to make literally whatever he wanted. Uh, he kept on going to the uh, president of Sega uh, of Sega of um of swearing eggs. Uh, yeah, hey, can I add song <laughs> to this? Um, <laughs> He kept on going to the president of, of Square Enix and being like, can I do this? And eventually the president was like, you can do whatever you want. Stop asking me. Um, so <laughs> wow. he, he made exactly the game he wanted down to the T, and he had all the time in the world that he wanted down to the minute. Uh, and so what we see on the, the canvas is exactly what he was trying to make, which was that scene was yeah. inspired by Lord of the Rings and the game is mediocre and it's what he wanted. <laughs> so, um, mm-hmm. funnily enough, I've, I've been playing it with Zach cause he's playing at the same time. Cause obviously yeah. he loves final fantasy 14 and he loves Yoshida san and, and the team that makes final fantasy 14. And he thinks similarly to me, he's like, dang uh. it, dang it. <laughs> they, they didn't do it. <laughs> they did not do a good job. Um, which is a bummer. I, I actually thought he would really enjoy it cause I thought it was going to be, like that like i actually expected it to be mmo-esque and he would enjoy that but he he's like Mm -hmm. nope i was really hoping for an interesting action character game and it's not at all so ah that's too bad Mm -hmm. because that i don't know it took a long time for them to make that and probably took a bunch of resources away from what they were doing on the mmo so Mm -hmm. it's kind of a bummer yeah i'm curious what i mean let's see 15 was 27 16 17 no 18 when would final fantasy 15 come out uh no it was like 20 oh it was 16 16 i think Jeez. um so yeah i had this talk with brian about how it's so it's such an event when a big name like this comes out like zelda Mm -hmm. a zelda game came out my mom knows what zelda is and a game Mm -hmm. came out you know so this is a final fantasy you know it's a big name and it's 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 interesting that both of them this year have not landed as well as 
people thought it they would. Um, mm-hmm. 15, Final Fantasy 16 more than Zelda. I think most people admit that Zelda is probably still amazingly good, just maybe not as good as Breath of the Wild. But mm-hmm. people see, you know, they they don't think they're super in love with 16 uh, Final Fantasy 16. Um, and so it's it's just kind of a bummer bummer to see a big name not crash and do so good, you know, um, crash down yeah. and do so good. In a way, that just kind of seems to be kind of a trend where these games are becoming so hulking and so takes yeah. so long to develop and so expensive. And then when they don't land, it's just like this huge like air let out of the balloon i guess that's a good point Um, yeah just because everything is so expensive nowadays if you fail you've not only failed but you've failed like seven years and 200 million dollars and you know it's not just a small thing anymore i i heard this theory um about the sonic the hedgehog games recently okay uh where this is from dan floyd he does uh he does like a animation series on youtube okay it's like a game animator and worked at pixar for a while and he kind of he he doesn't like sonic the hedgehog at all but he somehow accidentally roped himself into doing these long form animation videos on them okay um which i appreciate sure uh, of course <laughs> um super interesting but he uh, was talking about the consistently middle in quality on these games mm-hmm. and he's saying i think something that is easy to forget is that just despite the huge popularity of sonic the hedgehog these are not AAA games, nor do they get the time or the budget to be AAA games. Hmm. Um, and that's and they also never get delayed. So, like, that's one reason they're probably bad a lot of the time. Um, but he was saying that a theory of his is that because they never put that much money into any one Sonic game, they never shut down or retire or even take a break with the series because... Oh well, that one tanked. That's okay. <laughs> we didn't invest too much in it. Let's just keep going. But the brand stays really? alive. Interesting. Uh, it's possible. It's a possibility, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Was wait, Sonic games aren't cons- like mainline three D Sonic games aren't considered AAA games? I don't think so. I think when you, I don't have like the numbers for the budget, but when you look at the resources that they have and what's the content of the games, uh, they. And you, even if you just like watch the credits, you're not like watching an Ubisoft line of credits. Well, you're not sure, but watching... like, what's what's the new one? Sonic Wooshy Woosh, uh, uh, the new the open world one that just came out. Uh, Frontiers. Are you Frontiers. telling me that doesn't? I guess I guess the term for AAA is ambiguous in the first place. But like, yeah, it, it, they almost seem more like they're double A or B tier games a lot of the time. Huh. Like, that was definitely a bigger one. But yeah, yeah, I never thought about that before. They, they just don't have that lavish production and huge teams. Like, I don't think Sonic Team is that big. I'd like to look up and see how many people they are. But uh, size that was an interesting of thought. Sonic Team. I'm curious too. Um, three to four people. <laughs> Stupid Wikipedia. <laughs> you're useless. <laughs> that seems incorrect. <laughs> um, and one of them is in prison. <laughs> it's an issue. Eugene Naka. What an idiot. Um, yeah, that's. I've never thought about because when I. Hmm. Why do like, I always consider it? I, no, I see your point. I totally. It's so popular, though, right? Like, right. It's Sonic. It's like Mario and Sonic, obviously. But but are they are they not AAA because they're low budget, or are they not AAA because they're bad? <laughs> I don't know. But 
you know, he did like go through the credits for some of the games and they were fairly small compared to what we think of as a triple A game now. Okay. Like they were definitely triple A back in the day, like Sonic Adventure was Adventure, yeah. huge, but huge game. that was in 1999, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, huh. I don't know. I've never thought of that perspective before. That's really interesting. I thought it was interesting. There's not many double A games just kind of in general nowadays. You either, well, that's okay. Like again, I guess I think this term, I think the triple A double A term is ambiguous, but like, yeah. I find that most games are either triple A or indie. Um, I don't really For the most part. Yeah, can, I mean, like, can you think of what's the biggest double A game that's come out this year? Can you name one? Um, it's so hard to tell. Like, what about uh, what's the game that that surprise dropped? It's like fighting to the music. Oh yeah. Um, shoot, I know what you're talking about. It's by uh, the guys who made Evil Within. Um, We're not going to get a good letter rating on this if we can't remember the title. Uh, um, I'll get there. Um, uh, Funkatron. <laughs> Funky Man. Hi-Fi uh, um, Rush. Hi-Fi Rush. Oh, hi, I was getting there. You were, actually. You were. Um, <laughs> yeah. Would that... See, in my that brain, kinda... I go indie to that game, but I don't know why. It could be wrong. <laughs> Hi-Fi... Well, let me... Hi-Fi Rush. Let me look this up. So yeah, this is. I mean, Tango's kind of double A, kind of double A. But I think Evil Within Two was like a really expensive game. Um, and, and also, well, if your failed. publisher is Bethesda, you can't be indie, right? Well, if you go by that definition, yeah, Microsoft owns all these indie yeah, devs. Yeah, like, so, I don't know, man. Uh, games are becoming very fluid. It's hard to really. And we don't have. The and we don't have a. Well, actually, funnily enough, today, um, well, here, let me go to Reddit real quick. The The budgets of The Last of Us 2 and Horizon Forbidden West was leaked, um, which, by the way, Last of Us Part 2, seven years of development, $220 million. Horizon Forbidden <sighs> West, five-year development, $212 million. Um, but we, we typically don't have that info, unlike movies or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's so hard to make a definition for AA and AAA. Because we just don't know. I have no idea how much it costs to make Evil Within. It could have been ten million dollars. It could have been a hundred. Because they rent hard with Evil Within too. You know, I just don't know. I mean, that's the weird thing though. Is it's like the two biggest games uh, of in recent memory you could say are like Horizon. Uh, what was two? What was the sequel? Horizon, whatever that was. Forbidden West. Forbidden West. And vampire survivors, right? It's like <laughs> right. It's like it doesn't even matter anymore. They can both be equally popular and have the yeah. same cultural impact. So I don't know. Maybe we should just stop trying to label it all together and save ourselves the trouble. But that's boring. So we should keep trying. What do you think? Did you play Sonic Frontiers? Yes, almost a completion. Oh, that's cool. Did you like it? Uh, yeah. I think we talked about it a little bit on the podcast. A uh, really strong start. There were things I was extremely impressed about, but it did not hold up as a full experience. Okay. Um, do you... Because what I've heard is that they... Kind of like what you said earlier, that Sonic Sonic Team was always throwing stuff at the wall and not even cared if it sticked, you know, mm -hmm. then moved on to something else throwing at the wall. It sounds like they really want to continue with that formula. Do it you, does, yeah. Do you find that good? Maybe if they're given time to refine an idea... It might actually turn out to have a better product. Well, the one time they actually made a sequel before, Sonic Adventure 2, 
uh, I think was one of their greatest successes. So okay, yeah, um, yeah, and and they also just announced that side scroller, Sonic uh, Merch, Sonic Superstars, Mar- one of the most generic title that's ever. Been. Oh, that's what it's called. Yes. Oh, um, yeah. And so, uh, as long as they're still doing stuff like that alongside it, yeah, I would. I think that this is a uh, this is a formula that has a incredible potential mm-hmm. and could be refined into something great. I have very little faith that they will that they will find that uh, that I don't know that's that sweet spot you could mm-hmm. say, uh, but I do think that the uh, modding community will get close. So okay. yeah, the more time they spend here, I think it's worth it. Yeah, it might just be good for them to focus on something for once. Yeah, um, I always did wonder. Sorry, my brain works in weird ways. I always did wonder because he mentioned Sonic Adventure two. Um, did did you, were people disappointed when that game came out and it didn't have like six campaigns like the original did? Hmm. I don't know. I was twelve, so mm-hmm. I wasn't really. I didn't really have my finger on the pulse of the video game community. Were you disappointed? Uh, I played it first. <laughs> oh, okay, because gotcha. on the GameCube they actually released a port of Sonic Adventure two, uh, as the first thing on the GameCube because the Dreamcast just shut down. Oh, okay. And they wanted more people to play it, and then they went back and released a port for Sonic Adventure 1, so I played it in reverse order. Okay, gotcha. I just remember Sonic Adventure 1 was so big. Uh, yes, they, well, that's, and that's actually exactly what they did. It had six gameplay types in Sonic Adventure 1. Yeah. It had an open world uh, for the time, these open stages, sure. you could say. Um, yeah, it, all the stories interconnected. In the sequel, they cut the gameplay styles in half, and took out the open world, and it was just a level select. Yeah, and yeah. They narrowed it down, and they found the parts that were fun from that original game, and they actually did a very, very good job executing on that, um, which I thought was interesting. So what could they do with Frontiers in the same way, do you think? Well, if I walked into Sega HQ and said, give me a job, and they said, okay, we're not doing so hot. <laughs> Come on up here, Steven. Yeah. Um, you, you used to write us letters uh, when you were a we teenager. Have framed right here saying, on the wall. please do not make Shadow the Hedgehog, and we did it anyway. <laughs> did um, you really write them to yes. say that? Oh, man. Wait, yeah, you I wrote to a... them saying, please don't make Shadow the Hedgehog before they made it? Uh, I think they it might have been releasing trailers at that point, and I'm like, this is very bad. <laughs> you should not <laughs> oh do my this. Gosh, that's funny. Like this goes against everything that the series stands for. Oh, um, that's really good. Yeah, I was pretty upset about that game. Um, but I feel like what I would want to do for the sequel of Frontiers would be, first of all, I would love for them to change up the theme a little bit, get away from the post-apocalyptic Breath of the Wild thing, mm-hmm. and like go into fun cyberspace with, you know, I don't know, more color. <laughs> That'd be really nice so it didn't look like an Unreal game. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, yeah. An Unreal demo, rather. Um, but also, I think what they have, what they what they were able to accomplish in this game, and uh, something that was really reinforced when I watched the animation video, is that in past games, whenever you had full, like, 360 open-world control over Sonic as a character, mm-hmm. it would break almost immediately the incredible thing about this game is it doesn't it's very (laughs) responsive like if i want to pull off a complicated maneuver 95 percent of the time it works the way i intend it to do and so that actually makes it quite thrilling to like run around at high speeds but the game has no focus 
It's technically flawed. It the level design is atrocious. The bosses <laughs> are are pointless. Even though I liked the feel of the game, by the time I got to the second world, I'm like, there's nothing here. This mm. is just they just threw off a bunch of spaghetti, <laughs> and I'm grinding on it for some reason. <laughs> I will um, say that the the one boss I saw that you had to run on its tail was really cool. I thought that was, that was the coolest part. Okay, yeah. cool. Gotcha. Because what's cool about that is those are just enemies in the world. So they're they're trailing these like these ribbons of light. And so you could just be on a mountaintop, jump off the mountain, land on the ribbon, and just start running up it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, but, that was cool. Yeah, they just need to focus and get some level design and purpose in there. And I think it could be pretty good. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. No, it's good. It's good because... Uh, sorry, let me clap. I'm clapping. You can't hear it. Maybe Thank I'm you. clapping. Um, I'll clap too. Good. You'll clap too. Great. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of, the issue, one of the big issues that I've always had with Sonic was how it felt bad to move him um, mm -hmm. in every of the games. So, <laughs> I, I mean, mm -hmm. honestly. So, the fact that I didn't play it yet, I actually need to. I got Brian's account uh, or game, game. I'm family shared with him. So, I was going to play it and then I was like, I don't really want too but yeah i yeah. might i might just play it someday to get a feeling for the controls because it sounds like you're right they have a baseline and now they, they can just design some levels and mm -hmm. uh and make some interesting things to look at they might actually have a pretty solid hit on their hands oh and i guess i should mention one more thing mm -hmm. the way this game is designed is uh to progress in the story you need to beat these little action levels that are like Regular Sonic levels. Kind of regular Sonic levels. Mm -hmm. Like you play from Sonic Generations or Sonic Front... No, Sonic Forces. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know how they did this, but they fixed the controls in the, in the open world, but they broke the controls. Really? In the action levels. They're so bad. They're just... I don't know how you make these games for years and pretty much nail it in like 2011 <laughs> and then go back and make it worse I, it really boggles my mind but they're very bad how are they did, did they change how they are they different like i don't or yes, it just doesn't, they, doesn't they, translate properly they feel like you're locked on a track and it's clunky mm. and doesn't flow well it's totally different it's really weird it is odd how they seem to reinvent how sonic moves in every single yes. game like between sonic 4 part 1 and part 2 he plays really differently like Mm -hmm. It's very odd. I've never, I've never really understood Sonic Team. They seem like a weird bunch of guys. They seem. I mean, yeah, Yuji Naka, like, <laughs> founded it basically. Even forgetting Yuji Naka, the really weirdo. Um, yeah, th that team seems like they kind of are given free reign to do whatever they want, but only mm -hmm. in like a year. <laughs> and <laughs> right, and they they try different things every single time. Yeah, the amount of reboots that this series has gone through, honestly, that makes it really entertaining to be a longtime fan sure like, yeah. what a journey this has been <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah and it continues to be and it's also well, fun to watch it from the outside too it honestly. is it is it's more fun to watch and listen to than it is to play <laughs> yeah yeah I agree also with that. there are a couple fan games that have cracked the code on 3d sonic that are truly fantastic mm -hmm. so i've played one of them i think um Oh, that's Utopia, right yes yep that's it love utopia i gotta send you to to omens I would be curious to see your thoughts on that because it sort of feels like the closest the Sonic series has ever been to AAA. Like it is better produced with higher quality cutscenes and huh. like really polished levels than in any mainline Sonic game. It's Sonic Omens? 
Yeah, it's called Sonic Omens. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm curious, so I'll see. Check it out. It's free. Can't go wrong. It's on Dreams. I don't know what... Wait, Dreams? Dream. You mean like... The PS2... The PS4 game, Dreams. No. They made it, it, not made on, it in Dreams. A, oh, maybe someone remade it in Dreams. Oh, but I don't know. It, that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I see it. It's I'll on send you a link. Game Jolt or something. Yeah, yeah. You can get it on Game okay, Jolt. Okay, gotcha. It's pretty cool. Um, Well, it, we are at an hour, so we could probably end... Um, okay. I did want to ask you one thing before we headed off. I heard. I hope it's not about Sonic the Hedgehog. It's not actually. It's about something much better. Um, oh, good. I heard that Brian let you listen to an Avenged Sevenfold song. Yes, yes, yes. He sat me down and had me. We we used to do this thing where we would like compile a bunch of music we've heard recently and and sort of play it for each other one after the other and our speakers. Mm-hmm. And uh, we brought it back recently, and he chose uh, that Avenged song. Nice. Uh, yeah, Cosmic. Um, yes. Me and him sat down and discussed the whole album, because we did the same thing with uh, the, the um, yeah. Poets album. And uh, You didn't record it, did you? We did not. Ah. Um, but Cosmic, that song that you heard, we decided was not only the best song on the album, it might be their best song ever. And <laughs> wow. it's... It, I, it's been basically stuck in my head for like three weeks because it's one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. It's, it's it's so feel, it seems like it impacted Brian similarly. Yeah, yeah. We we both had that moment of like, wow, this is transcending their themselves. They transcended themselves here. They yeah. made something bigger than their whole. Um, and it's yeah. it's amazing. And I just wanted That's to get your thoughts on it. Well, um, it was like a couple weeks ago that I listened to it. Oh, so sure. It's not like I can't like think of it in my head, but. Um, it was one of those songs where when it started about 30 seconds in, I'm like, oh, this is a song where we're not going to talk. Right. Like, right. How long is it? Like seven or eight minutes? It's like seven minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is a cosmic journey. Mm-hmm. It, um, it's use of repetition is extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to me, it felt like someone who had been soul searching for many years and had something to say about that. Yeah, uh, I, I, I loved it. I'm not a big Avenged Sevenfold fan in general. This mm-hmm. is definitely my favorite thing I've heard from them. Um, and I should listen again. Yeah, give it a listen again. And that's so cool that you liked it. Um, and you're totally right. I, my actual, my first thought was, like you said, it, you know, it's a, it's a person on a soul search. And I, I feel like this is them discovering what they were looking for the whole time. Mm, yeah. Um, it's it's like they finally figured it out. Like, if that was their final song ever, it'd be like, all right, cool. Yes, <laughs> it would be. It reminded me, uh, I think... I think I came to this conclusion independently. Maybe Brian said it first, but it reminded me of the ending of the last post of the fall album, where it was like uh, this yeah. echoing mission statement of like, whoa, I just, I just peered into the void listening to the song. Yeah, yeah, I was told a story and it brought me places and it made me yeah. feel things. And yeah, sim- I mean, I, I didn't quite get quite as emotional about the poet song, but you're totally right. It, it has, it falls, follows, follows, a similar cadence of um of storytelling and, and emotion waves of emotion mm-hmm. um and i think that's really cool that we because we've been waiting for these albums for a while and especially yes. me with avenge it's been like seven years and we've, we've been doing these music things so it was cool to see the, comp- the the comparison between the two so i'm glad you got to experience yeah. it a little bit as well 
Um, yeah, yeah. Don't listen to We Love You. <laughs> you will. Well, you know, you might not hate it, but you would at least think it's ridiculous and maybe even funny, actually. So, well, now I'm curious. Now I have to listen. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty silly song. Um, but I mean, heck, you might. Sure, let's do it. Give it a try. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but it's very silly. So that that whole album was very decisive. I ended up liking it, but it's still very weird. But cosmic rocked my world. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. But it, it sounds too. like, if nothing else, it's an interesting album. It's super interesting. Yeah. Um, That's cool. And I, I I was I would rather super interesting than drivel. So yes, they're not they are not spinning their wheels or retreading their old material. Not <laughs> even a little bit. Um, uh, okay, well, anything else? It's time to end the... We're both the hosts, so it's time to end the episode. Okay, well, thank you, thank everybody, you everyone for, for listening, listening to, to the this, pod, episode this episode of the pod. Of the pod. 